0: I think we would all acknowledge today that we live in a world that is very restless, a world that oftentimes struggles with finding peace, a lot of difficulty in relationships, a lot of people who are struggling with worries and fears and anxieties in their own lives. So how do we experience peace? The Bible teaches us very clearly that when Jesus came to earth over 2,000 years ago in that first advent, Christ coming as the savior of the world, he came to actually bring to us peace. He wanted us to experience peace. The prophet Isaiah, over 700 years before Jesus was born, spoke these words prophetically recorded in Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. Listen to this verse. For to us a child is born, speaking of Jesus, to us a son is given, and the government, that is the rule, the kingdom, will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the last title there is Prince of peace. The Bible says of the coming Messiah, he would be known as the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Now, what does it mean, Prince of Peace? Well, the prince is a son of a king. And a prince executes the kingdom of the king, executes the authority of the king, brings the benefits of the kingdom of his father. So Jesus came as the son of the father to bring to us this rule of peace in our world, in our lives. Now, the angels understood this when they announced the birth of the Savior on that night in Bethlehem to the shepherds that were standing by with their flocks. Let me read of this in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse number 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. There's the word again peace to those on whom his favor rests. Isaiah said he's coming as the Prince of Peace, the angels announce the Messiah has been born to bring peace to earth and peace to your earth. So how do you and I experience the peace that Jesus came to bring us? How does it become real in our lives? Another thief of peace is worry and worry is something that we all do from time to time. Some of us do it more than others. Let me define worry for you. This is directly from the dictionary. Worry means to allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or trouble. To think about problems or fears. To feel or show fear and concern because you think that something bad has happened or something bad could happen. The original meaning of the word worry in its etymology, and its history, literally meant to strangle or to choke. And that's actually what worry does to your life. When worry comes into your life, it harasses you, it torments you, it tortures you, it disturbs your mind, it disturbs your emotions, it troubles you with painful and catastrophic thinking and expectations about your life. Things are going from bad to worse, from worse to really, really worse. And your mind begins to play all of these tricks upon you and hijack your emotions. And before long, you're living life reactively, living life out of your fears, out of your worries. All throughout your day-to-day living, there are thoughts coming your way and my way. Those thoughts are coming from ourself. We think certain thoughts are coming from the world around us. If we're listening to radio or television or reading something on the internet, whatever it might be, we're getting information, stimuli, if you will, thoughts that are coming our way. We get thoughts from other people. We have conversations with people, and they say, say things that make us think about things. And then we also have spiritual attacks that come our way. So this is how you live your day-to-day life. All of these thoughts come in your way. And in this package of thoughts will always be, practically every day of your life, something that you could worry about. Amen? A lot of people don't realize this. Your emotions are not an isolated part of your life. Your emotions are connected to your thinking. Whatever you think about is what you're going to feel. It's going to create the emotional world that you live in. And so out of these thoughts of, what if and what if this happens and that happens and all these catastrophic, worrisome thoughts that you grabbed hold of in your mind, your emotions begin to be weighted down with fear and with all kind of cares and burdens and anxieties and you start living your life that way. You start becoming reactive to things based upon this stuff that's going on in you. And so how do we protect our minds? How do we protect ourselves so that we're not living out with anxieties and cares and fear? How do we shut it down before it gets to that point of uh, causing our lives to be disturbed and distressed and hijacked in our emotions? What I want to do today is I'm going to share with you some things that will help you in this journey. Now let me quickly tell you that what I'm going to share with you today are things that I am learning myself. There are times that I still battle with worry and fear. Can you believe that, Okay because I'm in a journey as well. And so this is not something you're going to lick overnight. It's not something you're going to all of a sudden like, whoa, I'm free from this forever. You got to keep practicing this stuff. And I've been a Christian for a long time and I have to keep working on these things in my own life. And so I'm just sharing a little bit of my journey with you today. And hopefully it's going to help you. These are things that I've learned along the way that I think will be beneficial in your life. So let me give you 10 things that I'm learning, 10 things I hope that you will learn as well in terms of dealing with and overcoming worry. Number one, you need to know the nature of God. God. How do you overcome worry? You know God's nature. Nature is the inherent characteristic or the basic constitution of a thing or a person. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 119, verse number 68, here it's described It's found in many other places in the Bible as well. This is simply one of them. You are talking about God. You are good and do only good. Teach me your decree. So what do we learn about God? We learn that God is good and that God can only do good and so that's the beginning point for you in fighting worry that I realize that I am in the hands of a good God that whatever I'm dealing with in life I realize that I am in relationship with I'm in the hands of a good God who is good by nature and can only do good number two you need to know the promises of God And God's promises need to be the foundation for your thinking, the foundation for your life. Because they describe God's insurance plan and God's assurance plan. Two key words here. The promises of God provide for you God's insurance plan and God's assurance plan. Now think about it in the natural realm. When you have trouble going on, let's say in your home or with with an automobile accident or whatever it might be, isn't it good to know what your insurance plan is, right? But I also need an assurance plan. The assurance plan is based upon what I'm, where I'm insured, I can be assured of my insurance, right? And so God's promises relate to those two things. It's God giving you his insurance plan along with his assurance plan. So what do you do when worry starts working around in your mind? You stop for a moment and say, I know something about God. I know that God is good. And I know that God only does good. And now I'm going to lean into my insurance plan, my assurance plan. I know his promises. Learn the promises of God. Make it an objective this next year to become more familiar with the promises of God than you've ever been in your life. Memorize them, know them, get them into your system. Number three, trust the care of God. God cares about you and you need to trust that care. The key word for me there is not just care, but it's also trust. Listen to Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. You will keep... In perfect peace, those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And then verse 4, there's the word again, trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord himself is the rock eternal. So twice we have the word trust. What is trust? Trust is reliance on the character, the ability, the strength, the truth, the integrity of something or someone. It's reliance on. Them. That's a whole idea of trust. You know that you're trusting someone when you're relying on their word, when you've taken them at their word, and you actually believe that they're going to perform what they say that they will perform or produce what they say that they will produce. God says, what I want you to do with me is I want you to learn to trust in me, to throw your weight over on God never lies. Isn't that great to know? God cannot lie. He is only truth. And so with a promise comes the call to us to trust in the promise of God. Notice, if you will, the next point, number four, humble yourself under God. How do you and I get rid of fear in our life and worry? We humble ourselves under God. 1 Peter 5, verse 6, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Let me talk about this word humility for a moment. It's an extremely important word. The Bible says that God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble. So one thing I'll tell you, 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 what you don't want in your life is pride. What What you do want in your life is humility because that's the way you find God taking care of you. You humble yourself before him. What does it mean? The word humility in its original form means this. It means to lay flat, to prostrate yourself. That's why humility is a dimension of worship. Laying flat is a declaration of I am weak, he is strong. I am lesser, he is greater. And what we must understand, if we're going to be freed from worry and fear in our life, is that we are in the dependent role with God, and God is in the provision role. That God is the greater, and we are the lesser. Amen? Okay? This is important. But there's that dependency leads to something. This is where I really want to zero in on. When you're dependent upon God or truly humble before God, you can't be humble and disobedient. You can't be humble and unsubmissive. Those don't go together. Okay? Humility always leads to obedience and humility always leads to submission. So if you say, God, I'm humbling myself before you, but I really just want to do my thing. I want to live life my way. I really don't want to obey your word or obey your principles. That's not humility. Real humility is God. I'm dependent upon you. So whatever you're asking me to do, I'm going to do it. And if you want to experience the peace of God, you can't live in disobedience to God and expect to experience the peace of God. Because the peace of God comes as we humble ourselves before him. And part of humility is not just walking around saying, I'm a horrible person. That's not what humility is. I'm dependent upon God, and because I'm dependent upon him, I want to obey him and submit my life to him. And the Bible says we're kept in perfect peace when our minds are stayed on him, when we're living in obedience to him. So when we do that, we're in a position for God to take care of us. Let's go to the next one. Number five, this is the fifth one in this journey. This is a key turning point, a pivotal point and a pivotal reminder for us. We must release our worries to God. If you want to experience God's peace and overcome worry, you have to learn to release your worries to God. Listen to 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Philippians 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. This is critical that we say, God, I want to release to you my worries. Let's go to the physical realm for a moment. What if every day of your life, as you woke up in the morning, you had to put on a backpack, and in that backpack were all kind of weights. And as you go through the day, people keep adding weight to your backpack. Five pounds here, and another ten pounds there. And you're carrying this weight. You carry every day of your life, just all these weights in the backpack of your life. What would that do to you physically? Over a period of time, it probably would affect your posture, correct? Okay. It certainly would affect your energy level, correct, okay? Because it's draining energy, You having to use energy by carrying that around. It potentially can affect you in all kind of different ways, just physically. But I want you to imagine with me emotionally that as you go through your day, that what, if you're not careful, what you will do during the day is pick up weights during the day. You'll pick up a burden here and a worry there, and you tuck it into the backpack of your soul. And somebody says something and says, oh, wow, yeah, oh, wonder about that. Boom, right there. And you read a newspaper article. Oh, yeah, that is terrible. Boom, there it is, okay. Somebody says something to you that's related to a, another issue. You're packing all this stuff in. Sometimes you even create these things yourself or the devil comes along and throws things your way and you're putting all this weight. You know that there are people that are carrying around with them a backpack in their soul of all kind of burdens that they've accumulated over time and it's weighing upon them. It's affecting their spiritual posture. It's affecting their spiritual energy. It's affecting their spiritual productivity. And that's why what what God says to us, he says, I need you to unpack your backpack, okay? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. How do you unload your backpack? Worry less, pray more. And so prayer is the process whereby you unload your backpack. Now, here's the the way it's got to work. But you've got to release those to God. You can't just pray about them. You have to give them to God. He said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank Him for His answers. Here's how we often pray. Oh, God, I'm going to pray about this problem, whatever it might be. And God, I'm giving it to you. I want to give it to you. I want to give it to you. I really want to give it to you. But the whole time, we're still holding on to it, right? As though God's not sufficient to take care of it. What God wants to see, as long as you're holding on to it, then where's the weight? Where does the weight still remain? You're still carrying the weight. And so when the Bible says, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God your needs, and don't forget to thank Him for His answers. Got it? Right? But this is the thing you and I have to realize... ...that in prayer it's not for us to hold on to... ...and just pray about. The whole process of prayer is to actually let go of it. That's why he says, you got to get rid of this thing... ...because I tell you, worry will kill you. Worry will put you in the grave... ...far before it is your time to be in the grave. Worry will stress you out. It will stress your relationships. It will do all kinds of things to you. So God says, no, no, worry less, pray more. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything... Tell me what you need and don't forget to thank me for the answers. I got this. But you, you got to release. You have to let go. Look at the next point here, okay? The next point is accept then the peace of God. Now the acceptance of the peace of God is the very thing I just described. This experiencing the release of the weight. Let me read verse 6 again of Philippians 4. And I'll, then I'll ask you to read with me verse number 7, okay? Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about Everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. Now read verse 7 with me together. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. So there is the receiving of God's peace. Number 7, you must believe in the power of God. Luke 134. Here's the story. Mary asked the angel, "But how can this happen? I'm a virgin." The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of God will never fail. Her one translation says, But nothing is impossible with God. Say that with me. Nothing is impossible with God. Know what's going on here. Little Mary, we don't know her age. She's probably somewhere between 14 and 18 years of age, most likely, okay? The angel Gabriel visits her and tells her, you're the one that's been chosen out of all of the women of Israel in this time in history to be the bearer of the Christ child. You're going to bring the baby Jesus into the world. And it was quite disturbing initially for Mary. Because Mary had lots of questions about how this was going to happen. And she's wondering, you know, I wonder if this angel understands biology. Because I'm a virgin. I've never had sexual relations with a man. And I'm not going to have sexual relations before I'm married to Joseph. And so for me to conceive a child, this is an impossibility. How is this going to happen? And the angel Gabriel said, God's got it covered. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you and then this is going to be how God will do His work. It's not going to be by your power. It's going to be by God's power. And what I want to tell you today that in your life when you look at a problem that is bigger than you there's no problem in your face that is ever bigger than God. There's no puzzle related to solving it that is that is complex to God. It might be complex to you, but it is not complex to God. He made the universe. So you you and I need to remember who we are serving and who we are in relationship with. He is the God of all power. Nothing is impossible with God. And so that begins to be the strength for us in the midst of our worries. We say, God, you are well able to handle these things in my life. And then number eight, speak the truth of God. Change your vocabulary. Many of us talk ourselves into worry all the time. 2 Corinthians 4.13, we boldly say what we believe, trusting God to care for us, just as the psalm writer did when he said, I believe and therefore I speak. Speak out of your faith, don't speak out of your fear, amen? Faith has to change the way we speak. This is not a magical cure, but it is a reflection of the fact that we believe here. And so because we believe here, we say with our words what we believe in our heart to be true about God. Number nine, think the thoughts of God. You might say, how do we do this? You're talking about thinking the thoughts of God? What do you mean, Pastor well, it's very clear in Scripture. Let me take you back. Again, we're following the sequence here. Philippians 4 is one of our theme passages. Let me read verse 6 and 7 again for you, and then we'll read verse 8 together. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs, and don't forget to thank Him for His answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers, as I close this letter, let me say this one more thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and dwell on the fine good things in others. Think about all you can praise God for And be glad about. Now listen to 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Here's what I want to encourage you to think about today and to do. In fact, I want to deputize you today. Not me. The Lord has already deputized you that you begin, when thoughts come your way that are leading you down a pathway of worry and fear, you need to lock them up. You need to pull out your spiritual badge and arrest them. Think about your house. You know why you have doors and locks on your house? To keep bad people out, right? That's why you put a lock on your door, because you're protecting that sphere. Well, many of us will protect our houses, but we don't protect our brains. And we have all these open windows and open doors in our mind and the adversary comes along with these thoughts and we think about these things ourselves we shouldn't be thinking about and worries worries here and fears there and we let all this stuff in. And the Bible says that we're to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Put some windows and lock them down in your brain. Put some doors and lock them in your brain and say, I'm only going to let the good stuff in. I'm going to drive the bad stuff out in Jesus' name. I'm taking... Authority over these things. Why? Because I've been authorized by Jesus to take authority and take captive every thought and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. It's victory that we have. The last point, tenth point in this journey that I'm learning, and I hope that you're learning as well, is to express gratitude and worship to God. How do you conquer worry? You learn to express gratitude and worship to God. First Thessalonians 5:18, "Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Praise always assaults the spirit of worry. When you rise up in praise and worship, it goes against the spirit of worry in your life. Worship always attacks worry. Okay, and it dry- Have you noticed that when you're in the presence of God worshiping Him, you generally don't worry? Right? When you're caught up in the presence of God, worshiping Him, what What happens to your worries? They go away. Why? Because your focus is on God. You're praising and worshiping Him. Jesus came to bring us peace. He came to bring rest for the restless. And one of the ways that happens is you and I must learn to worry less and pray
1: more.